You know, we've always had a, a fairly good posture when it comes to people are cognizant of not clicking the, the email links and all of that, but that only takes you so far. They, you know, people really need an awareness that uh, security is everyone's responsibility. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome back to our continuing series, Mythbusters, Cloud, Security, and Innovation. Like the much more famous Mythbusters TV show, we're going to dive into several myths and through interviews, case studies, and data, bust that myth. Follow us over the next several months as we share blogs, infographics, and of course, podcast episodes. On the second Monday of each month, we will interview a peer CIO, CTO, or business owner who has successfully busted that myth. Two weeks later, we'll hear from an InterVision expert who will further destroy the myth. One of the myths that we hear most often when speaking with technology professionals is that the cloud is not secure. I don't think I have attended a conference in the last 10 years where I've not heard someone say that the cloud is not secure. And I'm sure many of you have heard that as well. Heck, I was probably one of the ones saying that 10 or 12 years ago. Today, we are joined by Darren Moss. Darren is the Technical Services Manager for Security Equipment Supply, an independent family-owned wholesaler of low-voltage electronics. Together, we are going to bust that myth. Welcome to Status Go, Darren. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you jumping on this call today, Darren. Before we dive into cloud and cloud security, could you share a little bit about your background and your career journey? What brings you to where you are today? Sure. So, uh, you know, I've started with our company uh, 12 years ago, actually. I've been with them that long now. Uh, stuck with, you know, I started my IT journey here uh, as the help desk guy ah. through the ranks, uh, served as sysadmin for a while. And, you know, nowadays I've moved into uh, uh, basically vendor management, mm -hmm. um, where I am able to focus on providing value to the business, uh, our IT strategy, and so on. Um, you know, I, I have the technical background that's required in order to uh, work with our technology partners and make sure that they are doing what we want them to do for our business. So 12 years, uh, that, that's a testament to uh, the company, I think, and the culture there at uh, SES, that, that you've been there 12 years, you've grown in your career, uh, which it is, is, it is part of what everybody likes, right? It's definitely a place that uh, I like, and they, it's, a, it's a good culture around there. That's awesome. Let's talk about the tech stack at SES. What what combinations do you have of, of on-premises or private cloud and SaaS? Uh, what makes up the portfolio these days? Sure. So I guess I'll start with what was traditionally the core of our infrastructure was, you know, we have about 20 servers that are running in the VMware IaaS in the InterVision data center um, that uh, primarily hosts our ERP software. 
Uh, outside of that, then, so all the other app servers are running applications that are typically related to that, and then we have mm -hmm. a file server and so on. Uh, outside of that, then, in Azure, we, uh, we have a few services that uh, that's going to be growing, or we are expanding more into Azure uh, with, we will be implementing uh, Microsoft Dynamics 365 ERP yep. in place of the existing ERP. And then uh, we have uh, Adobe Commerce for our uh, website, uh, e-commerce site. Uh, and that is tied back into the data center IaaS uh, so that it can talk to the ERP. Um, uh, we also have, you know, uh, probably the same or as many uh, SaaS services uh, okay. that we, uh, some, are, some are tied into our, our, our AD and some are not. And uh, we we are not we are not fully Azure AD yet. We are still on-prem AD, but we do use uh, we're all in the 365 stack and mm -hmm. are syncing to Azure Azure AD, uh, and then use that for single sign-on with various other services. So when you when you talk about the the stack or the portion of the stack that is in an Intervision data center, uh, it's considered your private cloud, right? I mean, it's uh, VMware yeah. based, virtual, and it's a it's a co managed environment. I can do what I want to do in there as far as standing up VMs and all that, and I can also rely on Intervision. Too. Excellent. Uh, I, I definitely rely rely on them on all the monitoring and maintenance of it. Well, as you know, we're here to bust the myth that the cloud is not secure. Let's start with where you think that myth got started. What, where did this come from in IT circles? Sure. You know, I think it comes from the mindset that if I control it, I know what's going on with it. And, and therefore, I can know that it's the most secure. And... I, I suppose that can be true at a certain scale. Um, I think the problem comes from that you, there might be uh, many companies that operate under the impression that they do have the expertise and the resources in-house mm -hmm. in order to handle all of that where they may not. Yeah. Um, I, I know that we don't. Uh, you know, Historically, our IT department has been at most two people. Right. Right. It's it's the one man shop basically, and uh, these days we have expanded our our we call it our tech team these days to include our ERP and e-commerce teams, but as far as actual technology expertise, that's we're we're not any more robust than we used to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's where our technology partners come in, and provide that expertise uh, and the bench strength to be able to handle that. Um. Yeah, being able to do it all yourself is something that I gave up long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's it's uh, it's very complex, and uh, the way that uh, the threats are evolving, uh, ransomware and beyond, uh, makes it uh, vital that you stay up to date on where those threats are coming from and how those attacks are being. Uh, uh, formed and and driven and trying to do that in a small shop uh, or a shop, even in a large shop that doesn't have dedicated resources to staying up to date on that can be pretty, pretty difficult. Yeah. You know, there's, I, I keep up to date with 
technology news, with security news, and so on. And but there's only so much that I can absorb yeah. while <laughs> while still dealing with it day to day. Well, and I, and I would imagine as as you uh, mentioned at the outset, where your focus is is where can as you're keeping up with the technology news, where does it apply to SES? So you're kind of you've got that filter up front, right. right? Where what? What uh, things can I pay attention to that will provide value to the business? Yep. And what major security pitfalls do we need to be looking out for? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the other place that this myth got started is, you know, there's been these highly publicized breaches that occur in the cloud. But when, when you dig underneath the covers, what you find out is it wasn't really a breach of the cloud. It was a breach of someone's credentials or someone's uh, server that was exposed accidentally publicly. Sure. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know, they say that the cloud really just means someone else's computers. And right. that's true. It's, it's only as secure as you make it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have to make sure that you have the proper policies in place, access policies and so on. Uh, the proper controls in place around it that... Uh, without that, sure, it will be insecure. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about SES's approach to cybersecurity. What things have you done to uh, make sure that SES is protected as well as can be uh, and to make sure that uh, cybersecurity is seen as uh, everybody's responsibility within SES? Yeah, we've uh, so with the Intervision RPAS program that we've uh, we're just about finished onboarding with it. Um, you know, we now have the DRAS uh, set up, disaster recovery as a service, where uh, we have a failover set of our data center server uh, data center servers in the Las Vegas data center. Uh, so not only do we have backups, but we can also at the click of a button within a minute to an hour or so fail over to a mm -hmm. whole live replicated copy of our servers in Las Vegas. Uh, and that's all air gapped from the St. Louis data center. Right. Um, and then also working with Stan Smith, our VC so provided from the RPAS program, uh, we are building our incident response plans, which <laughs> basically until now we're, Hey, everybody get in the room and figure this out. <laughs> Let's figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, we will. I, I we will think definitely. There's a lot of listeners yeah. in that same boat. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be in a much better place going forward, uh, where we'll we'll have a, proce a, a procedure in place. We'll know who needs to call who, and what to do in the event of an, an incident, uh, which is worlds more than we had before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and for our listeners who may not be familiar with uh, with RPAS, we'll put a link in the show notes to a couple of episodes that we've done uh, on RPAS, but it's basically it's uh, a ransomware protection as a service. And it combines, uh, as Darren mentioned, it combines disaster recovery as a service. It can uh, includes uh, virtual CISO, virtual chief information security officer uh, help, as well as uh, um, detection and response. Yeah, and then, right, the, it has the uh, Arctic Wolf MDR, um, and then we combine that with, you know, we have a, a couple of different EDRs in our environment it, it, that it ingests from mm -hmm. the logs from that. 
uh, as well as to connecting to our cloud services and uh, gives us basically a single pane of glass view to what's going on in the entire environment. That, that's that's excellent. As you as you've rolled some of this out, you you you've been with SES for twelve years. How has the security uh, stature culture uh, evolved over those twelve years outside of of your technical resources? It was always considered before. You know, it was something that everybody knew that we needed to be paying attention to. I think that with the change to where now we're building our incident response, we're going through tabletop exercises. Uh, people have really realized that it is everyone's responsibility. You know, we've always had uh, a, a fairly good uh, posture when it comes to people are cognizant of not clicking the, the email links and all of yeah. that, but yeah. that only takes you so far. They, you know, people really need an awareness that uh, security is everyone's responsibility. Yeah. Do you have the support of the executive team on this? I sure do. That's Good. always been a constant. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Our, our president has always been uh, a little, enough tech savvy that he's keeping us all uh, aware and making sure that we're making the, the right movements. That, 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 well, you know, with with uh, with the name of your organization, Security Equipment <laughs> Supply, yeah, you, you kind of have to have that, right? That has but, always been the, the, what we've said. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. we can't really <laughs> say that we're a, we're a security organization without being at least cognizant of security. Yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. So you're in the midst of implementation, if you will, of of this. Um, and you mentioned that you're building out the incident response plan and, and formalizing that. What are some of the other next steps that you're looking at to uh, evolve your security? Right. We'll be, Stan and I will be taking a look at various things that will need to be uh, investigated and discovery and all that. Um, you know, I know that the next thing that we're going to probably look at is going to be, um, uh, access control, as in, you know, be, being set up to where somebody could do a, B, a BYOD, yeah. uh, bring your own device, and then have the tools loaded onto that machine that they need in order to access our network. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and if they don't, then they don't get on the network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and probably some of that's going to come with our move to Azure AD that I, I foresee on the roadmap here. Right, right, right. Well, Darren, we're going to pause right there for a word from InterVision Systems. Our listeners know that InterVision is the publisher of the Status Go podcast. Unlock the power of more with InterVision Systems. We provide the cutting edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose InterVision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. And if you do want to learn more, visit intervision.com slash myths. There you'll find more information about busting the myth that the cloud is not secure, as well as the other myths that we have already attacked in the first couple of months of this series, and maybe a hint or two of those myths that are, that are coming up. Right now, we're talking with Darren Moss of SES, Security Equipment Supply Company. 
Uh, and we're talking about his approach to cybersecurity and securing the cloud. Uh, he's already gone through a little bit about his technology stack. And Darren, what I'd like to do now is pivot a little bit to this shared responsibility model. We hear a lot about that from the cloud providers, but what, what does that mean to you uh, as the person responsible for technology there at SES? Yeah, I think that probably a mistake that some people make when they start looking at the movement to cloud is they think that because it is someone else's computers that they can just move all their things over there and it's going to then that provider is going to take care of it. Well, that's not the case. Uh, you know, there there's a, a racy chart there to be considered that you have the responsibilities of securing certain aspects of it. Uh, for the most part, it's it, the, the onus is mostly on you to make sure mm -hmm. that the security is in place. Well, and, and I think that's a great point because even under the shared responsibility model, security is on you, right? I mean, it's still ultimately your responsibility uh, as the, uh, the, the caretaker of the, the technology assets of SES. So you have to have a, an understanding of who's doing what and why, and also verify that they're doing it right right well if we're talking about the racy chart you're you as the as the consumer of the cloud service are the accountable party yeah. meaning that yeah. you're the one that has to make the decisions about how you secure your environment and hold the responsible party the people actually turning the dials and doing the work responsible for doing that uh, you have to make sure that all that security is in place and allow and hold them accountable for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you've taken you've taken that shared responsibility model even even up a notch, uh, I'd say because you're an RPAS customer of of Intervision, you've got Intervision there almost as the intermediary between the cloud provider and and you, is that correct? That's correct. Intervision is who uh, we rely on. Uh, you know, they're, they're our technology partner, not only for our private cloud, but for our public cloud. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we always do the review of what, what needs to be considered right now. You know, what, what security aspects do we need to look at? Uh, that, that's done together. And then I say, yes, this is what we need to focus on. And uh, yeah, they're, they're who I rely on for that. Yeah. So you're setting you're setting the priorities, but you're also listening to their expertise to help guide the the priorities, right? Correct. That would be the consulted part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I am not the expert, so I have to turn to the people who do know uh, yeah, yeah. all of that and and get that expertise in order to make the informed decisions. I I, I love the the RASI chart because man, that really brings it home, right? When you think about who's responsible, who's accountable, who's consulted, uh, and who's informed. When, when, when framed properly, that is a very useful tool. <laughs> well, especially when it comes to, to security in the cloud and making sure that you've got things uh, buttoned up. Um, how often are you, are you meeting with uh, the, the InterVision team on the 
for the consulting basis? Well, yeah, with uh, Stan, we right now we've been meeting uh, just about every week uh, okay. during the RPAS implementation. Uh, you know, I could see that being a little less frequent once we iron out some things. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. I mean, he's he's been invaluable for me to turn to. Uh, you know, I've, I've been able to, on a, on a few different incidents, incidents uh, so far, uh, turn to him and say, hey, Stan, what's your thought on this? Can yeah. you provide me a write-up to take back to my team? Yeah. And and show them, hey, here here is why we should or should not be doing this thing. Well, and for for our listeners, uh, you'll be able to hear from Stan. Uh, he's actually going to be our subject matter expert that provides the expert perspective on cloud security uh, coming up in a couple of weeks here on Status Go. So you'll be able to hear from from Stan and and get his perspective as well. As, as you think about where where your security footprint is right now, uh, how much, I know you're in the midst of, of implementing RPAS, but how much time do you spend on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, thinking about cybersecurity? I'd have to say that it's becoming less, which is a good thing. <laughs> because of all this, it's became less. Um, but um, I'd have to say about 20, 25% of my time is mm-hmm. devoted to just taking into consideration what our next steps are, Yeah. Uh, what things we need to be looking out for from the security angle. Well, and I imagine even after, I, mean, I don't know that you're ever fully implemented, but at some point the RPAS implementation will be complete. Uh, and you'll you'll be in more of the day-to-day mode of, of taking care of the technology assets and the technology strategy for SES. What do you anticipate uh, focusing on from a cybersecurity perspective when you hit that that milestone? Right. It won't, it'll be something that's never truly complete. It'll be an ongoing process for Stan and I to continue to look at new things that we need to improve upon. And also continually just revisit uh, tabletop exercises, making sure that our people are continually aware of, you know, this is what they'll need to do in an incident response scenario. Um, security is something that is never just done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the threats are evolving, right? Sure. And and now, uh, holy cow, a whole nother subject would be uh, AI and where that fits. Uh, both uh, as a strategy for technology at SES as well as uh, AI and cybersecurity. I want to go back to a, to a comment that you made uh, earlier on, Darren, and that, that is um, you're basically in vendor management. Um, and, and I know when we talked the other day, uh, uh, somebody actually told you that because you were talking about, well, I'm using this vendor for this and I'm partnering with that vendor for that. Talk to us a little bit about that approach as a strategy, because it's not pure vendor management as we used to think about vendor management back in the day. Right. Yeah. You know, we, as, as we talked the other day, the at a conference, I've had these conversations with people about how they think the cloud is not secure and and so on and so forth. And I tell them how we're approaching it and how the, how we rely on our technology partners, our vendors. And they say to me, oh, you know, well, that just sounds like you're no longer in IT, you're in vendor management. <laughs> well, okay, maybe, yeah. But 
what that means is that I'm bringing my expertise to the table yeah. to make sure that the people who do manage our technology day to day and, and, and do all that work uh, are doing what they need to do. Uh, you know, why would I want to concern myself with the C to F work when I yeah. should be doing the A to, A to C work, mm -hmm. uh, focusing on the what and the why versus the how? Uh, right, right, right. What, you know, my, my, where I should be focusing on is bringing that value to the business. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned the, the A to C and, and C to F, and now you're, now you're singing from, uh, singing my song here. Uh, just to explain that to our listeners, if you're not familiar with that, uh, it's the concept that the, the, it's a grading scale, right? And so you, you we've, we've all remember back to our, our days of, of being in school and you got a grade A, B, C, D, or yeah, maybe sometimes an F. And the concept is there are some things that we do as technology professionals that when, when we absolutely nail it, we do the best job that we can, uh, our business uh, partners, our, our business associates will give us a C. Uh, and I always love to use the example. No one walks into your office, Darren, and says, hey, thank you very much for delivering my hundred emails today. I really appreciate that. But if email is down, uh, your phone is probably uh, ringing off the wall to use an old school uh, reference to a phone on a wall. Uh, and the other side of that coin, though, is that there are some projects that you can focus on that when you do nail it, you do hit that home run, uh, your business partners are going to give you an A, right? So why, as you say, why focus on the C to F work? Let somebody else do that. In this case, you've partnered with InterVision for, for uh, a good chunk of it. Well, you're able to focus then on the A to C work, uh, the, the, the real value add. When, when you think about that, Darren, over the last, I don't know, call it the last four or five years, what things have you been able to do for SES that maybe you wouldn't have been able to, you and your team, maybe you had wouldn't have been able to, had you had to also do all this C to F stuff? Oh, well, I mean, as I said, I was the sysadmin guy before we, you know, uh, before we turned to InterVision for all this. And um, I, my, my role has completely changed. It's what I'm able to do today is so much more that it's, it's elevated me so that I can actually focus on the business uh, as opposed to standing up virtual machines and making sure mm -hmm. that my switches are routing and my firewalls are, have the right echoes and all of that. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, the, the job is so much better. Yeah. But now that I'm able to do that and work with the business and focus on the business. Well, it's uh, elevated the conversations, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're having conversations with uh, the, the C-suite that you would never have time to do before. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I, the, I would not have had any time to do that because I was working day to day on doing, uh, you know, making sure the help desk was running and making sure the surfers are running <laughs> and the firewalls and all that. I, you know, yeah. Uh, it's a world of difference now. Yeah, that, that, that's tremendous. I, I, I love, love hearing that. Now, as you know, we're here to bust that myth that the cloud is not secure. And you, you alluded to this a few minutes ago, 
But I want you to put yourself, you're at a conference, because, uh, hey, we can go to conferences again. Uh, what would you say today to a CIO or an IT director or maybe even a CISO uh, that told you that the cloud is not secure? What would your message be? I think, again, as I said earlier, I probably would come down to that the cloud is only as secure as you make it. And you have to make sure that you are accepting that responsibility when you, when you look at the, moving to the cloud. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, if you think that you can do security better than doing security in the cloud, I, I question where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they invest billions uh, in, sure. in, in securing the the cloud. Even when you think about physical security, right? They spend more on physical security than most companies are able uh, to do so. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's you know, a great message. Our, our, our servers were in a, in a locked room when we had them on-prem, sure. But now they're in multiple locked room behind multiple <laughs> locked doors inside a data center that you require access to get into. With armed guards. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. Well, Darren, here on Status Go, we'd love to leave our listeners with a call to action, something that they can really go do uh, because they listen to our conversation. So what are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today about cloud security? If you're hesitant about moving to cloud because of the security, then I would say, talk to the people who know. Talk to the people who have done this. Uh, cloud is not something to be afraid of inherently, but you do need to be aware of what is involved in actually doing the, the move to cloud, both from the security standpoint and from the infrastructure standpoint. Yeah. A lift and shift strategy is probably not gonna get you there. Right. And and to your point earlier, that understanding the RASI chart, whether it's cybersecurity or whether it's infrastructure as a, as a service, platform as a service, even SaaS, it's good to understand and put it in terms of a RASI. Uh, whose responsibility is it? Who's accountable? Who's consulted and who's informed throughout that life cycle? Darren, I have to thank you so much for jumping on this call. I, I have really enjoyed our conversations. I know your insights are going to be valuable to our listeners, and I appreciate you carving out the time in the midst of an ERP migration or at least preparations for one. I appreciate we, it. We have been busy. <laughs> so thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Jeff. There you have it. Myth busted. The cloud is an excellent option for companies and it is secure. To learn more and dive deeper into these myths, visit intervision.com myths. To find the show notes and the interview transcript, visit intervision.com status go. Those show notes will provide links and contact information. And if you're interested in continuing this discussion, look for the Status Go podcast group on LinkedIn. This is Jeff Tun for Darren Moss. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. 
until next time.